Flesh, blood, and steel meet under the scorching sun. 50,000 men tear each other apart beneath the horns of Hatem. Acre lies to the west and Jerusalem to the south. The year is 1187 AD and the Holy Land will once again fall into the hands of the Muslims. Their leader, Saladin. But first, let's backtrack a bit to this week, the fourth week of March, 1169 AD. Exactly 849 years ago, Saladin is inaugurated as the Grand Vizier of Egypt. This means that he's essentially second in command and is tasked with bringing political and social order back into the country. Atop already growing socio-political distrust among the civilians, Saladin knows that as a Sunni Muslim, he will be targeted. And immediately, he is. But before we get into that, let's talk about who he was. Saladin was born in 1137 AD as Yusuf in what is present-day Iraq to a Kurdish family. Apparently, he was more interested in religious studies rather than military training, though history would know him as one of the greatest military leaders of all time. So maybe a liberal arts degree actually can get you a job. However, these are times of war, more specifically, the Crusades. Young, fit men are of more use on the battlefields than in the mosques, for without their efforts in the fields, the mosques would cease to exist. Saladin joins his uncle, Shirku, an important Kurdish military commander. Shirku would eventually lay the foundations for the Ayyubid dynasty, one of the most prominent ruling families in the 12th and 13th centuries. But I digress. Saladin quickly thwarts a conspiracy against him and effectively handles the revolts that follow. Slowly and steadily, he gains power across the land, and 1174 AD becomes the Sultan of Egypt. And here's where things start to kick off. Saladin's first major conquest after ascending to the throne is in Syria, where he establishes power in Damascus, Aleppo, and Mosul, which of course today is in Iraq. He then goes off to campaign against the Hashashans, who control nine separate fortresses, each built on top of a different mountain. The Hashashans, or assassins as you might know them, were a secret, deadly order of Shia Muslims. They also happen to serve as inspiration for the Assassin's Creed video games. And parts of the first game are actually set in Masyaf, a city that Saladin famously and unsuccessfully besieged in 1176. Saladin's sights are set on Syria, but there are more pressing matters at hand. The Crusaders marching from the west. They're back and angrier than ever. The Third Crusade and the events leading up to it are complex. The religious, cultural, ethnic, political, and social implications go far beyond the scope of this piece. What's more fascinating, to me at least, are the stories of how Saladin carried himself through these wars. The Crusaders are known to be brutal, ruthless warriors. Muslim and Jewish women and children had been slaughtered in the wars prior, and Saladin's impending victory is a sign for Christians in Jerusalem that their deaths are imminent. But this isn't the case. In a shocking display of mercy, Saladin allows all Christians 40 days to vacate, untouched by his soldiers, and provides them with guardians to ensure their safety on their journeys. He even goes as far as to insist that church be opened that Sunday in Jerusalem. To Guy of Lusignan, King Consort of Jerusalem, he says, It is not the want of kings to kill kings, and spares his life. To Reynald of Châtillon, who had tortured and killed his men under truce, he's not so kind. A swift blow to his neck ends his life. That man had transgressed all bounds, and therefore did I treat him thus, he proclaims. Jerusalem, Aleppo, Damascus, Mosul, all the lands that were centers of conflict in the 12th century find themselves in similar positions now. Another type of crusade, one might say. The religious, cultural, ethnic, political, and social wars fought in the region today mirror those of a thousand years ago. And through that lens, there are lessons we can learn from these stories. Saladin's rule in the Holy Land, though brief, proved to be one of the most peaceful. 
the relations between the various players in the Crusades were significantly more tempered, and Saladin is now seen as one of history's most righteous and just rulers. But he wasn't simply a beacon of mercy. He wielded power and knew when to use it. His effectiveness stemmed from the ability to know how to rule with that perfect balance, something people call hard and soft power. It's why he was able to spare Guy of Lusignan, but not Reynaud de Chatillon. It's why foreign leaders held both immense respect and fear for him at the same time. The year is 2018, and in Syria, Iraq, Palestine, and Israel, the innocent and guilty alike are being massacred. For the moment, let's forego the narrative that the actions of ISIS and other militant groups are unique and new, or that they are done because the religion says so. They might say that, but it's pretty naive of us to boil down a tradition that has lasted for millennia to what a couple of nutjobs say and believe. Maybe it's time we take a more empathic approach to dealing with terror in the region. Maybe the fighters on the other side are composed of their own Guise and Reynolds, some fighting for peace, but on the opposition, and some fighting to hurt, to kill. Maybe we should treat them with that frame of mind instead of throwing our net as wide as possible with the hopes of catching a few sharks. After all, it's the thousand dead minnows that end up making a difference. Saladin once said, I warn you against shedding blood, indulging in it, or making a habit of it, for blood never sleeps.